to the graveyard. I'm glad you've made it. You're probably going to be very confused. That's okay. Most of you are when you first escape the grave. It's okay. Take your time. I'll be here when you're ready. Your memories will come back in a mess. Like an avalanche or what's left after one. They'll be bloody and confusing. You'll hold them up to the light, dripping. You'll wonder how to jigsaw them back together. How to stitch yourself into a semblance of something human. It's okay. No matter how things are arranged, you're a miracle of many parts. You're no less than you were before. If anything, you're more. Without the weight, you can grieve for the first time. You might be wondering how you got here. If it's your fault, if your wounds are self-inflicted, if the pain is something you deserve, let me reassure you, it isn't. It never was. You are everything you are supposed to be. It's going to hurt, but I'm going to tell you how you got here. I think making sense of the pain is important to knowing how to move forward, even if the blank slate might feel easier. I've watched so many burials. I've been here a long time. Yours was just like all the others. Sorry about that. They were weeping. Your family. They always are. For them, the death is disgustingly literal. It's as if the moment a new name passes your lips, they see an arrow sprouting from your heart. They watch blood soak your clothes. They watch your flesh begin to putrefy. They hear nothing but the buzz of lies when you try to speak. You can't see what they see, but the 
dead flesh weighs you down anyway. Your heart is leaking out. Your lungs filling with blood. Sometimes you wish you really could be dead. Sometimes you wish you really were the girl they've already started warning. Eventually, the stench of rot grows too much with them to ignore. They can't pretend the ghost of a girl into existence over your bones. Not forever. So, the procession to here. I saw you walking with them besides the empty coffin. You were quiet with the shock of it. Your face was so pale, like all the blood had already drained from your face. Like you were already as dead as they could make you without burying you. Which they did, of course. You were never dead enough, never acquired enough for them. <sighs> the ritual goes like this. In order for them to see you as a boy, they must bury the girl they thought you were. This makes sense, they say. They've had a daughter for 19 years. They must mourn her. They must come to terms with the loss of their darling, adorable girl. They cannot bear to see the ghost of her pigtails on your head. The ghost of her skirts around your ankles. She is haunting them, they say. What they don't say what they mean is this. You have been puppeting our daughter's corpse before our eyes. You are dragging the girl we love to sit at the dinner table. You are using her dead fingers to eat and her dead eyes to stare and her dead lips to say, I love you. I'm still here. What they don't say is, we wish you were dead instead of her. You have been holding in a scream for so long. You want to tear open this flesh you wear like a cage. Show them that it can still bleed. That it was always yours. There is no ghost, no girl, except the one they create. But they suggest the burial, the ritual, that you see the smallest, brightest sliver of hope. 
You agree to put the ghost in her grave. It doesn't hit you until you see the headstone. It's made of granite, dull grey, shining slick with rain. You hadn't even noticed it was raining, as if even the world is mourning. Is it mourning the girl? Is it mourning the ache in your chest and the scream building there? You can't say. You so wish the world was on your side for once. But you see the grave, you see the name, that name, the one that lives like a ghost on everyone else's tongues, the one you wrote on a piece of paper when you were 15 and set fire to in the secret dark of your bedroom, your own ritual. Your own letting go of a ghost. You should have known you couldn't cast it off that easily. Here it is, written in stone. And beneath the words, Beloved daughter, gone but not forgotten. The scream is heavy inside you. They have it so wrong. Aren't they supposed to be putting her to rest? Aren't they supposed to be letting go? Like, hello? If we're being honest, it should be the other way around. Not gone, because you're right here, but forgotten, as fast as we could kick her out of the door, because she never existed. But everyone is crying. They look so sad. You imagine that maybe, just maybe, you can pantomime a ghost for just another hour. If it means they let you live. Isn't it such a small sacrifice? They would bury her and the world will move on. As they set the coffin down beside the grave, you can't help but kneel beside it. Trace the letters of her name one last time. Maybe this ritual will help you leave her behind too. You open the coffin to see her one last time. To thank her for dying. To apologize for the way they have been holding up her corpse like a banner. You find your own face staring up at you. And suddenly, you are unable to scream, even if you wanted to. Suddenly, you are in the coffin, not beside it. Rigamortis holding your limbs in place. You are made of wood, of marble, of bone. You are back 
in the body that is not yours before you remade it in your own image? Where is all your artistry? The hair hangs around your shoulders like an albatross. The skirts around your ankles like chains. You watch as the coffin lid is fitted back over your face. The rain is leaking in like a flood. They are burying the both of you. An eye for an eye. This is your punishment for murder. For a while, you are lost to the creek of ropes luring you into the earth. You don't hear the thud of hitting the bottom. Maybe you're still going, you think. Maybe you'll fall all the way through the earth. Maybe there is a hell. Maybe it is where you belong. Maybe all the terrible, wonderful people of your community who are buried beside you will welcome you into the fire with open arms. Instead, there is the darkness, the silence, the rain. There is the heaviness of the body, the earth, the ghost. I'm here to promise you, you are alive. Even if you aren't, that's okay. Sometimes the body must shut down. The brain must shut down. In order to survive, one day, your lungs will remember oxygen. Your eyes will taste sunlight. Your lips will ache to stretch. And the pain will hammer in your ears like blood, a drumbeat. You're alive. You're alive. You're alive. There is freedom in afterlife. The certainty of after, after pain, after life, after the ghost of the girl. There is power in this new body you will make from patchwork pieces. Power in the traditionally unwantable, the untouchable, the horrifying. All Hallows' Eve has been an everyday event for so long in your life. It must be, it must be, when you are wearing a body that does not fit your brain. You have been a ghost, a monster, a walking corpse, a rotting thing. You have always been a shapeshifter, or wished you were, or felt you should be. You have looked in the mirror and watched the body change. Watched as that poltergeist of the feminine took possession of your bones. Watched it crack your lips, stretch your skin. 
You watched yourself become a stranger. And now, here is death to free you from the corpse, the ghost, the girl. The weeping of people who could never mourn you and never meant to return for you. For death is just change, wearing dark robes and carrying a sight. It makes the incredible possible. Death is the turn of chafing hot summer to the cool damp of autumn, the rainbow of leaves. Change is cell death, shedding skin, replacing your body over and over. Death is the relearning of the fragile beat of your heart. Learning how it feels to break, to ache, to heal. Memorizing the sound of the ticking clock and laughing because of it, without fear. Learning how it makes the sun shine brighter. To know it will one day explode. Change is learning your forebearers fertilized your soil and fed the worms. One day a girl may shed boyhood on the land of your grave and take up your dead name as her armor. Who knows how many women have shed the one you carry now. So hear me now. You will live. This here is where the real thing begins. Everything before has been an awful dream. And now you get to wake up. How long have I been dead? Nine months. How long have you been dead? I don't remember. It feels like years. Maybe it has been. Why are you still here? There's nothing left for me out there. Besides. I found the walking dead more friendly than the living. No one looks twice at a changeling out here. What do I do now? The world is unkind. Even after you're dead, it still hurts. You're still bleeding. It'll take time to heal. I want to leave. I'm not... I'm not dead. Then you learn to live. 
Anthologies is a trans anthology podcast distributed by the Listless Network and produced by Alex Abrahams and Zoe Davis. Correct Procedures for Mourning the Living was written by Morgan Greensmith, directed by Ellen Clohessy, and edited by Zoe Davis. In this episode, you heard the voices of Kaz Gidman as one and Kit Lovick as two. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you tune in tomorrow for another delightfully trans story. And until then, remember to climb out of your grave when you're ready. The world will be waiting for you. Howdy, Zoe here, one of the producers for Tranthologies. Just wanted to pop in and let you know that our crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo is still ongoing throughout our season two run. So if you liked an episode, please consider leaving us a tip or not. I'm not your mom or your dad or your parent. All right, bye.